0: hello it is friday the 13th Ooh. hey spooky huh
1: (laughs) very spooky
0: i think it's a full moon too damn near i think it's a full moon damn near full moon i don't know if it's a full moon but it's a damn near full moon it's friday the 13th and today we have a trip for you not only do we have Aaron Rodgers, not only do we have Mr. Hasselbeck, not only do we have Triple H, not only do we have Friday Bangers, but damn it, we got some locks from our degenerate Italian friend Diggs that's going to make you some money this weekend. This is going to be an incredible show. The only thing that's a little bit more incredible than the show that we have for you today is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. That's right. If you're going to buy tickets to any live event, I'm talking sports, I'm talking music, I'm talking theater, comedy, you name it, SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform ever. Because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. The best tickets available for the best prices available are available for you from the best ticket platform, SeatGeek. And right now, you use promo code PAT. get $10 off your first order. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Incredible. Whoa. Whoa. Everybody's losing their minds. Whoa. Wow! Just wait till you hear this, he says code McAfee, $20 off. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, We need both of those to continue to work so we can continue to travel around the country in a box truck doing shows. Uh, So if you're rich, go ahead and use code Pat. Get $10 off. If you're not rich yet, go ahead and use McAfee and get $20 off. Your first order. We appreciate SeatGeek so much, and we also appreciate you for taking the time today to listen to this show. It's a heater tie. Let's get to it. Mac Brown is the man got a chance to meet with him today down here in winston-salem uh got a chance to chat with the wake forest coaches as well i think there's going to be a great game tonight six o'clock on espn i honestly do i think it's going to be a very good game and after meeting with coach Claussen down in wake forest it's they got a brand new facility by the way just ribbon cutting ceremony was last night (laughs) we were ducking under ribbons to get into rooms that they were debuting. It was beautiful. The first room they showed us was this, uh like, a theater. They built a theater, but it was kind of small. It was uh one of those theaters that, it's like, goes all the way around you. Was it IMAX? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they have an IMAX theater they built, and they were like, this is where we're debuting tonight. And they showed us that room, and I was, like, looking around, I was like... I don't think it's really that big of a fucking deal, you know. Is this all they're debuting? And then he, we turned the corner, and it was like brand-new team meeting room, brand-new this. It's beautiful. The Wake Forest football facility is beautiful. It's brand-new. I mean, I was in there before the day. Mm-hmm. Day negative one in the facility, mm-hmm. I was in there. And then we traveled over to talk to Mac Brown. Everybody talks good about Mac Brown. Everybody talks good about Mac Brown. Never knew why. I never knew why. I was like, why does everybody like this Mac Brown guy? Yeah, I guess he won at Texas and all this, but I don't, I don't get it. So then I got a chance to sit down with him you no, know, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Friday, for 45 minutes. And I listened to him talk, and I was like, oh, I love this. I wish this guy was my dad. Like I, <laughs> not that Tim McAfee is anything, but if Mac Brown was involved in my life, something like a grandfather or something, I think the world would be a better place. He was hysterical, man, telling stories about back at Texas. And he used to work with Adam Amin. The play-by-play guy, he oh, yeah. did games with Adam Amin last year. Oh. So they were telling a bunch of stories. It was really – it was cool. He handled it all well. And I guess he kind of – the way he runs his thing is he's the head coach. He points the team in a direction. He schedules the thing. But he lets the offensive coordinator basically and the defense coordinator like do their own thing. Like he doesn't he – ha- he has enough humility and he doesn't have a big enough ego that he doesn't just interject himself in everything. You know what I mean? Which I think is a big deal, by the way. I think that is a true – Gifted trait of a guy.
2: I assume there's a lot, not a lot of coaches that are that humble to delegate those situations. Well, yeah,
0: because they want probably more credit for things. He dug deep into what it was like at the end of his career at Texas. There, the quote he said was, "Winning was a relief, and loss losses were devastation." He said he wasn't happy anymore because the pressure was so big. He said, "We win all these games, we lose one game, we end up winning like a Sugar Bowl." And all anybody's talking about is how we underachieved. And he was like, I fell into the trap where I didn't think I was successful. And he was just, like, miserable almost. And he said, that when you coach for 30 years, you don't even realize that that's happening to you. Like, he didn't even realize that he had changed. So when he retired, he got, like, a five-year, like, reset here, refresh. And I guess his wife is just a saint of a lady. Nate Boyer said that on yeah. the, the thing yesterday, and he reiterated it. And it's like he's got this brand-new life. It's it's. It's going to be a great game, I think. A lot of older players on Wake Forest because they, they have a full program. UNC's with 2-0, 2-0. Oh, oh. This is the first time they've played in a while. They played for 85 years straight, Wake Forest and UNC. Then there was a conference realignment. They were like biggest rivals for each other. Mm-hmm. Then there was a conference realignment, and they stopped playing each other. And both, t- both schools, after the decision was made, was like, hey, we should play each other. Like, what are we doing? And they made it happen. They're back in it. And I think we're in for a good one tonight at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Why don't you pregame with us? I don't know what you're doing. Whether you're going to go watch a movie with your lady or significant other. Or you're going to go ahead and burn a town <laughs> down. Turn on ESPN 6 p.m. We've got a good one for you. This week has been a good one for us.
2: Incredible first week.
0: Incredible first week. We've had a lot of great interactions with a lot of great humans. We've had interviews with people that we never thought we could get interviews with again or for the first time ever. We did a show from a box truck just yesterday where it was 127 degrees inside of it.
1: Roughly, yeah. Maybe hotter than that, actually.
0: We are not 100% sure if any of your microphones work. Nobody will be able to hear anybody, and the cameras definitely won't work by the time the show starts. But go ahead and hop in that sauna and put a show on.
3: And just know, we got it all on film. All the behind-the-scenes will be on a vlog coming out Monday, and you're going to want to see it. I went through the footage today. It's fucking hilarious.
0: Do you think any other show—we're we're a worldwide show. Like, we are actually a worldwide show. Do you think know there's any other worldwide show that has ever had to, the behind-the-scenes shit? Uh, I think people people think we're lying right now. No. Wait until you see the behind-the-scenes. Foxy filmed everything, mostly because we didn't have any cameras that worked. <laughs> but Foxy filmed <laughs> everything, and Zito got involved too. We needed two cameras to catch all the madness. I think the vlogs gonna be beautiful ones that come out on Monday. Yeah, hopefully should be right. This sounds exactly like the show. This morning. <laughs> I have. I hope your microphones work. They said
2: I have a little insight into that. Uh, while you're at. The ESPN stuff. Uh, we were talking to the Zone higher-ups, and I guess they had a call with the Zone higher-ups somewhere else. And they were like, how's the team? Like, asking about us. Like, how's the team after the day? And they were like, it's, it's very, very refreshing because if we would work they're, – they're the happiest team that we've ever worked with. They are like, if this happened to anyone else, they would have just been cursing us out the entire time and refused to do the show and stuff like that. We're putting on great shows still.
0: You know why? Because we were born in the dark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then they were also
3: like, you know, it's so weird. A lot of people would be freaking out. Like, your team didn't freak out at all. All you guys did was pull out a bunch of cameras and film us being absolutely ridiculous behind the scenes. Hey,
0: people were panicking, man. Oh the Sam my fiance Sam has just been referring to this entire week with that one gif. It's just been that one GIF where that dog is sitting down at the table and there's just fire. The fire is raging around us. (laughs) That's all. Anytime I start talking or anything starts happening, Sam just sends that GIF over. And it always pops. I always get a good pop. I'm always (laughs) like, it's 100% accurate. It's real. I think... I think we're delivering a pretty good product. If you're not listening to us live on, from 10 to noon, I think Westwood One actually is putting out a link for people to listen online, which is a smart move. Happy for them. But, yeah, so it's been an experience this week. We got a chance to talk to some really cool people. A man that I became a champion with stopped by. This guy is widely considered to be the greatest ball thrower in the history of throwing balls. I don't know if that's accurate, actually. Yeah, I think so. Physical, I think it is actually Physical
1: physical skills. Arm talent. Pro- arm talent, arm for sure. Talent. Probably the best prettiest, ever.
4: prettiest balls you'll ever
0: see. Of all time.
2: I'll say this. You could say this. The greatest Hail Mary thrower of all time. Without question.
0: Without question. But a lot of other things, too. Best mustache in the game. We talked about that. Facts. We got a chance to talk to Aaron Rodgers earlier this week, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, I think joining us from, nope, just hung (laughs) up. We've had a little bit of a tech issue. We literally just had a three-minute conversation with our next guest during the break. This man is a two-time NFL MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. He is a man that is revered as the greatest ball thrower to ever throw balls in the NFL. He throws the deep ball. He throws a beautiful ball. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, currently Super Bowl champion, number 12 for the undefeated Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers.
5: Wow. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Nothing about the. Mar Showdown.
0: Oh, oh, and also reigning uh Baja Mar Golf Showdown hosted by Aaron Rodgers and Chris Paul. That I was on his team, undefeated champion in golf. <laughs> Pretty good intro, right?
5: Yeah, that was amazing, Pat. Thanks, buddy.
0: Hey, um congrats You're on. You're looking
5: vi- good too. Great haircut.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron. I'm happy you noticed because uh we have a guy that comes through the office his names K New. Uh, and he just brings the things by. He's, he's a great, he's a wizard with the hair, so I'm happy you noticed. I'll let him know, too, that he's, Anytime, buddy. his Bob Ross work is really paying off. Um, you're undefeated on the season. Everybody can't hear him. Unbelievable. We were just about to get to it. I wasted too much time in the front there
5: <laughs> when we had connection, just
0: kind of dancing around. I should have got right to it. Um, and he's back, by the way. Andy's back.
5: Yeah, just pick up. Just act like this. Questions kept going. Yeah, we just
0: dumped it. Uh, I said a swear word there. Nobody even heard it. Uh, you're undefeated. Opening night, Chicago Bears, electric atmosphere. Uh, the first thing that you wanted to compliment directly after the game was the defense. It seemed like something you were very, very excited about. What do you see on the other side of the ball for the Packers this year that makes you like very excited about what's going to happen going forward?
5: Well, I think we're just, we're just better on that side of the ball than we've been in the past. We got a couple great guys, last name Smith. You might have heard of them, oh. Zedarius and Preston. We added to the mix. Got this guy named Amos. Might have heard of him. <laughs> Pretty Interception good to seal the game. <laughs> Pretty good little player. Uh, yeah, would have been better if you had been on the other side, though, punting. but I, <laughs> I did uh, – Enjoy starting off the season (laughs)
0: 1-0. You started off a little rocky. Negative 12 yards in the first quarter, which led to everybody saying this. You've probably heard it. Everybody said this. Aaron Rodgers didn't play it down in the preseason, so that's why they were rocky to start. Is that how you feel? Or you said in the interview that the Bears' defense was an incredible defense. They're probably going to give a lot of people problems early.
5: We thought we'd come out hot. I think that was the whole thing. We really wanted to come out the first quarter just blazing.
0: You thought that was going to happen?
5: No, that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think the world saw that. Did you feel, though, what was the mindset whenever you decided not to play in the preseason? Was that just something like, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to take care of the body, or I have a long season already? What was the thought going into that?
5: Yeah, it wasn't my decision. He just. He said, You're not going to play the first one. And trying to play the second one, my back kind of locked up on me. Uh, so set me down for that one. The third one, you know, we had a little field issue in Canada. And the fourth one, he already said I wasn't playing. So I ended up not playing any snaps. That
0: never got said. That never got said. Everybody was making it sound as if you decided you weren't going to play in preseason because that's a new narrative is that guys don't want to play in the preseason. It never got said like, hey, they had an 80 yard field or something in uh, Canada. They did this. You got hurt. Was that you plan in the in the future? You see preseason as a uh, something that you would play in and you do like this isn't a decision forever.
5: I'm not saying that I'm fighting to play any snaps in the preseason, <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm told I need to play a series or a couple of series, and you go got to play a couple of series. You do know, you f- Pat, that's the way it goes, bro. Yeah,
0: literally. I mean, I had to play in the fourth preseason game, too, every single Six. year. It was basically just a, a roll of the dice on whether or not I was going to get my leg broken right. uh, by... A, a guy that was probably going to be playing in the CFL, and a guy that was blocking for me that was definitely not going to be playing in the NFL. Uh, fourth preseason game was always a nightmare for me. How do you see your team going forward? You like what Lafleur? Uh, LeF- Laf Lafleur? You like what LeFleur is doing out there?
5: I do. He's taking a bunch of average Joes and <laughs> and, and really inspiring us to to be better. You know, <laughs> to be okay with ourselves first, and to be like. We are great already, but then you just got to, you know, work on just the little things.
0: Well, sometimes you got to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge your way to victory in the NFL. And at the beginning of your relationship with uh, Mr. LaFleur, there was a lot of chatter because one misquote, I believe, where you weren't allowed to change the play at the beginning. Then after, then after, it was, it was a wild scene. That became a firestorm on the internet, by the way. Uh, then after the game, you guys had that magical moment that'll live on forever in his career, literally for the rest of his career. His first win as a head coach, you gave him the game ball. It was like a magical moment. It was a peek inside your relationship that hasn't been talked about since the firestorm happened. How are you and coming, uh coming together?
5: Dude, we gotta be going
0: and Is there no sound there or was that the question?
2: I don't think it was the question, to oh, be honest.
0: My god. Is his name LaFleur? Yeah. <laughs> Him just rolling with a complete <laughs> dodgeball answer, by the way, is one of my favorite things. Yeah. The whole world, the whole world at the beginning was like, yeah, these two are gonna hate each other. LaFleur is already saying that Aaron Rodgers can't audible Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers can't change the play and I would assume that was not how it all went down because I think even later LaFleur said I would be uh, making a big mistake if I didn't let Aaron Rodgers make decisions so I'll be excited to hear if we ever get him back on what his answer is to that whole thing because nobody has talked about Aaron Rodgers and that guy getting along potentially it's always been the opposite way
2: well yeah I mean it's it's very very hard to think that you have Aaron Rodgers who's been incredible but two time two time MVP, Super Bowl winner, yeah. you're not gonna let Aaron
0: Rodgers make checks at the line. That, why wouldn't you? And and I wonder why Aaron Rodgers always has this narrative that he it's there's drama around him, right? His brother goes on the bachelor and all of a sudden that gets spun into drama. And I think it's because he's so good. I think it's because he's so good. He's so uh, he—he's talked about by everybody, and he seems to be just this cool dude. But the media and him, I don't think uh, have a great relationship.
2: I think it's the indifference thing too.
0: Kill him with indifference. Yeah, like it makes it seem like he doesn't care. Because he does about him.
2: And that's what Cutler got killed for too. He yeah. was—he killed people with indifference too. I mean, definitely not as good as Aaron Rodgers. were a lot more interceptions and. Looked like he didn't care on the sideline, but easy. The uh, Cutler didn't deserve. No, it. no, he's, you know he's big time reality. If I had TV to pick star. a best friend in my this entire world. It would be Jay
4: Cutler. Yeah, you do love him.
0: I would like to see Aaron Rodgers in a reality TV show post football. I bet you he would crush just like, just like Which, Jay Cutler
2: is right. Oh, just like that type of reality show. Not not on a reality show that already exists. Like, he's not going on Survivor? No. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is creating his...
0: Ah eh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he would go on Survivor and win it. I assume he's a resourceful guy. Mm-hmm. Resourceful guy. Smart guy. Is he on right now, Ty? Ah, oh, they're calling in now. We don't get the FaceTime, so I don't get to see him. I wonder... If that's our fault, who do you think's fault? That was? I, I th-
4: would assume they have a really bad internet connection where he's at in that building. Well, it looks oh. like Todd's putting it on them.
0: Yeah, you just immediately <laughs> pointed fingers at the Green Bay Packers.
4: Directly at Lafleur. I mean, it right worked for, now, it worked for it Triple it. H
2: yesterday, so.
0: And he was calling us from Madison Square Garden. Pretty old place, though. Yeah. So, I don't also know. Also,
2: a different place, though. I don't think there's cell phone towers in Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, Green Bay was a cool city. I got a, good ch- a chance to call that Lions-Packers yeah. game last year. Green Bay is a fun city. Outside the stadium, too, they got this entire, like, festival mm-hmm. that happens every single game. They got this Mason Crosby owns a bar right there on the corner. Well, I mean, it's a pretty it's awesome. It's by far
2: the biggest thing in the city, so they should celebrate it every I think
0: we here. have uh, an incredible football player back on the line. Aaron, are you there?
6: Did you say Mason Crosby owns a bar?
0: Yeah, it's right across the street from the stadium there. I was told right to my face that he does, unless they were just pandering to me. Is that accurate?
6: I don't think that's accurate.
0: Bro, I went right into that game I was calling, too, and I dropped it, I think, middle of the second quarter. I was like, right across the street, got a beer at Mason Crosby's place. They're making so much money at that bar saying it's Mason
6: Crosby's. Oh, man. What a a great idea.
0: Uh, By the way, if you want to stop by Aaron Rodgers' bar here in Indianapolis, Indiana, it's uh, right down the street. Hey, let's get back to this. This is I think you haven't had the chance to talk about this, and you should. At the beginning of your relationship with Mr. LaFleur, the only thing that came out it was negative it was spun negative that he wasn't going to let you audible and then that got a firestorm on the internet about everything and you're always talked about by everybody it's just the way it is you're an incredible football player and then after the game you have that incredible moment where you hand him the game ball for his first head coach victory it was like a nice peek inside your relationship with him how is the team how has it been with him and uh what are you excited about working with him moving forward
6: yeah, it's been great. I mean, we spent a lot of time together. Uh it's been a really uh really good partnership, you know, sharing uh ideas and creativity and obviously when you see the kind of work that he puts in that gives gives some instant uh kind of respect to the relationship because he is a grinder and um you know, he's he's always uh, you know, texting me or FaceTiming me or calling me and it's like you know, nine o'clock. I'm, you know, at my house, obviously, and I'm, and he's at the stadium. I'm like, "Go home, man. What are you doing?"
2: <laughs>
6: but he's always, you know, uh, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Or "Hey, what, you know, what about this?" Or, "Hey, did you see this?" So there's been a lot of great communication. It was fun, you know, when, when uh, our defense, well, after J.K.'s punt, and then our defense, you know, holding them there on the last, uh, last drive. I really, you know, just wanted to make sure I grabbed that ball because. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's not every day you win your first NFL game as a as a head coach, and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, Matt says 39 or Vic Fangio's uh, 61. You know, first time head coaches, uh, there's got to be something really special about that. Knowing uh, all the hard work you put in over the years to kind of put yourself in this position to finally be the guy, and and uh, you know, getting your first win is a pretty big deal.
0: I am so happy to hear that. By the way, just because of this. Your career has been such an incredible one to watch. So many magical plays, magical moments. And then there was a transition phase there at the end of last year, whenever I came into the city into the building there for the Lions-Packers and talking to everybody. The future was one that everybody was very excited about. So whenever the negative press came out early about you two, I think there was a lot of people who were like, "Damn, not this!" And I'm so happy to hear that things are going to be great moving forward. You mentioned it, not me. You have 22 game-winning uh, drives in your career. 22. Peyton Manning is at the top of the thing with 50 or something like that. I was on a couple of those teams. It was a cardiac situation every single game. It was like, who knows what's Gonna happen, but J.K. Scott now has one game-winning punt <laughs> under his belt. Would you like to comment about
6: that? I just I can't believe the flexibility. I really can't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's real. Like
6: his, his foot, uh, and his leg that straight and that high. I mean, I've done a lot of yoga in my time, but uh, that looks painful to me. But I, I you know, you uh, I think you made the disparaging remark about uh, how old he looks. Um so I want to give you a chance to apologize to JK if you want. Um not saying you're wrong, but uh <laughs> JK, you know, I was, I was laughing with uh with uh you know Tom, my uh, PR guy here I said, you know, you know it's a big day for the uh defense and special teams when the punter has uh has more cameras on him than uh than I did at my press conference. So.
0: Uh it's good for the yeah, brand.
6: Yeah, JK's a JK is a little different personality-wise than you, Pat, but uh <laughs> I'm sure you know, I've seen you I've seen you make friends and get along with just about everybody except for Ray Allen, so I think you, you could probably get along with him.
0: Hey Ray, That golf tournament, by the way, that you and Chris Paul put on down the Bahamas, uh, you personally donated $10,000 to every single participant in that thing, and then it was matched by the Bahamar people. Uh, T's and P's, by the way, the Bahamas. Hope everything works out down there. Mm
7: -hmm. But Mm -hmm.
0: that that golf tournament that you put on for a good cause was a beautiful event. Everybody was so nice to me, uh, including Scottie Pippen, who dunked on me. But Ray Allen just was not a fan, Aaron, just not a fan.
6: Where you can't please everybody, right, Pat? What One say. of my favorite moments, though, was the, uh, kind of the welcome dinner. And I kind of came over to you and I said, hey, Pat, you know, know, you've been on tour. Would you stand up? Do you mind doing uh, a couple minutes? And you were like, no, nah, not doing it. <laughs> which is great, which is fine. But then I got up there. Chris and I were talking. And, you know, we're kind of going back and forth. And I'm introducing my team. And when I introduce, you know, Pat McAfee... You come right up, and not only did you do some stand-up, but you, you got the crowd going. It was impressive.
0: It gets the people going. You know? <laughs> I don't even know what I said up there. Uh, what does that even
6: mean?
0: <laughs> you know, the thing about Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is you can tell he makes good decisions. Yes. If you want to make good decisions like Aaron Rodgers... You need to start with what you're shaving your kit and caboodle with immediately. Listen, men, we've been battling against razors for our nestled goods for far too long. Mm-hmm. You're stretching, you're pulling, you're shaving, scaring the living hell out of not only your brain, but your balls that you're going to nick at any given swipe. Mm hmm. I like to keep it clean down there. Keep it fresh. Let it look good. Don't want it to be irritating whenever I walk around. But if I shave my ball sack, there is a 100% (laughs) chance that I'm going to nick it and bleed out and potentially die. Mm -hmm. Wrong-o, friends. Wow. Yeah. Because a company somehow created a nick-free razor for your kit and caboodle.
4: Trust me, you don't want any nicks.
0: Nicks are the worst thing on earth, especially whenever you're shaving. And I'm so happy that the company Manscaped has come into my life. They got this thing called the Lawnmower 2.0. Oh. Just plows right through. Mm-hmm. They got a, a nick free guard on this thing that just go ahead and you can go willy nilly down there if you want. And you got no fear of bleeding out.
2: You, got, you loved it so much. You didn't stop. You just went straight to your toes, I, all I, the way down. I literally
0: shaved my entire lower half (laughs) whenever I started using this thing for the first time just because I thought there has to be some, because they say we have a patent technology that is nick free. Anytime you hear that you're going to attempt to nick something. Correct. I'm like, well my kneecap is a little tough to shave around. Definitely going to cut that. Nope. How about the back of the kneecap? Nope. How about underneath there up in the uh, in the uh, in between the uh, (whistles) nope. It's real. Manscaped is a company that you didn't know you needed until you got it. And right now, they have the perfect package 2.0 kit that features the lawnmower 2.0 with skin-safe technology. This trimmer won't nick or snag anything. It's also 100% waterproof, so get sweaty or do it in the shower. And shock-resistant, just in case things get crazy. Precision tools for your family jewels. I don't know why you would need shock-resistant razor, by the way. Are you uh, it,
2: so in case it skips and the song skips and then,
0: oh, uh, just in case you got hydraulics on that thing, you go in a little hard. Yeah. Anyways, they got it.
1: You guys smell that? Yeah. Yes. Smells like wood burner. Does.
0: Before this thing burns down, get 20% off and free shipping, plus a free travel bag with the code PAT at manscaped.com. Because although this truck might be burning, your balls won't when you lo- <laughs> use the Lawnmower <laughs> 2.0 and the Perfect Package 2.0 kit. Let's get back to the show, Ty, before we die. That was it. What type of music do you listen to? That makes me wonder now. What type of music do you listen to? Metal. Really? All day, every day? No. (laughs) Oh my God! I was I was so mind blown right there. I was mind blown. Yeah. What What do you listen to? What is uh, I mean, you and your beautiful lady uh, seem to have an awesome relationship. By the way, she was down there cheering on everybody in the Bahamas. Seems to be going beautifully. But let's say you and Danica are hanging out at night. Uh, just kind of watching TV, maybe drink a little scotchy scotch down into the tummy tummy. You're listening to some music. What is it?
6: Well, if I'm controlling it. It's definitely something from the '90s. Oh, okay. Yeah, big uh, big fan of that decade. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep in the '90s. You know, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Keep it kind of in that. Uh, what- you know, if we're listening to the, you know Spotify or Pandora, it's definitely on. You know, Eddie Vedder or Pearl Jam or Foo Fighters. Oh, my
0: God. Uh, the Ty let Schmidt, it roll. Ty Schmidt, who you met down in the Bahamas, who is a uh, owner, shareholder of the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> who said right to your face that you have brought him more happiness in his life than his family has. Uh, he's losing his mind back there hearing uh, your music selection. I would like to let you know that.
6: In a good way or a bad way?
1: Oh yeah! Didn't know I could love you anymore, and then I figure out how big of a Pearl Jam fan you are, and it's just you know takes it over to the top.
0: Dying back here, Aaron, dying.
6: Hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, big, big Eddie fan for sure.
0: Hey, is that kind of weird being, uh, being just absolutely loved by an entire fan base? I, you, the Green Bay Packers fans are diehards. It was thirty-one nothing that Lions-Packers game. You got hurt second play, uh, with. A, a, a big time hit i mean as soon as it happened i was like not good uh that is not good news but that place stayed filled the entire game all the way and through the end the green bay packers fans are such an incredible fan base how has it been playing for a team that will always have your back because in a lot of places their fans aren't that crazy unless they're doing well
6: yeah, I mean, I've talked, I've talked at length uh, over the years about how special it is. I think the one thing that you can truly, truly respect and appreciate is the expectation, because I know it's not like this in every city, but in Green Bay, uh, there's an expectation of greatness every year, and I think that uh, has been an important factor in the, uh, the excellence, sustained excellence in, in the history of our franchise, is that there is. A constant expectation and appreciation for the greatness that's happened uh, over the years, 13 World Championships, and then obviously the, the names, Lombardi and Starr and Nitschke and Favre and on down the line, but playing in the city and, a, and for an organization that expects to win has got to be a lot more fun. I've only been here, but talking to other people, than playing in places where You know, making the playoffs is great, or going eight and eight is great, or improving and rebuilding is the focus. Uh, We just don't, uh, we don't operate that way in Green Bay, and I I think that makes it a lot different.
0: That's awesome. You and Favre uh, obviously have been through it, but watching you two interact down in the Bahamas was awesome. Uh, Have you and Brett Favre had like quite a friendship build here? And is this a guy you talk to on a regular basis?
6: Yeah, it's been great, man. It really has. It's it's been fun to fun to see that uh, that change. You know, go from uh, teammates and be close to then we're kind of rivals as he's on uh, Minnesota, and then uh, you know just the last couple years, I just been reaching out a little bit more, and uh, you know we've been keeping in touch, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I I have a, a ton of love for Brett and appreciation for his role uh, in my early development as a quarterback. And, um, uh, it's just been great. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we're talking, you know, at least once a week and having him come down to the Bahamas was amazing. I went down there a couple of years ago and spent some time with him at his house. And, you know, I just think that, uh, him and I had, uh, you know, we met as kind of older quarterback and young quarterback Um, and now kind of re-establishing a friendship as, you know, retired legend and and myself kind of now the older quarterback has been really fun to kind of see him through different eyes as I kind of understand him a little bit more Uh, because I'm 35 now. I was drafted. He was 36. So, uh, you know, when you're 21 and you're playing with one of your favorite quarterbacks as a kid and a guy you looked up to, um you know, I don't think until you get in this position can you really understand some of the thoughts and ideas that were going through his head as he's trying to hold on and keep playing. And and they just drafted this young kid, and what does that mean for me? And so it's been fun to uh, just be friends again, and uh, you know, just give him the love and appreciation that uh, that he deserves for kind of the time we had together, and and uh, and just having him to bounce things off of. It's been really good. That
0: was awesome. Hey, everything you just said there was absolutely awesome. little old bull, young bull situation. <laughs> I like everything about that. And it makes a lot of sense, by the way. Because in the NFL, when somebody gets drafted into a position room, Sometimes it depends on who the person is. They'll say, oh, he's refusing to help the young guy. He's refusing to help the young guy. Or this guy is overly helping the young guy. It's like, there's a lot of things up for grabs in the NFL and positions are not in abundance. So it's always interesting to see how those get played out. Um, Your mustache that you took for your media photos this year is one of the best mustaches I've ever seen in my entire life. Would you like to elaborate on what makes your mustache better than everybody in the history of the NFL?
6: Surface area.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so.
6: No, I mean, I I think uh, the best mustache I've had in my life was probably uh, the one that I wore with the Canadian tuxedo Um, when we went to Winnipeg. um, I really felt like, and I spent a little bit of time on that outfit, just putting it together, (laughs) um, and I felt like I got to a point and I just knew something was missing. I had the stash. I had kind of the, you know, I was in between a couple of jean jackets. I felt good about the jeans and the boots. And then I found the bolo tie. <laughs> and I said, okay. Kind of like the rug in the dude's house. The bolo tie just kind of brought it all together. You know, just kind of brought the outfit together like that rug brought the room together, tied the room together. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that mustache, anytime you can get it to cover your top lip, you know, you got something going now. The, the, you know, kind of the only one I've seen that that trumps that. I'm not saying my mustache against his. I'm just saying the mustache that's cover that covers the top lip is Sam Elliott's mustache, oh, and I've been a big proponent for years of him. Whatever movie it might be, it's made better when he's in it and has a mustache. A couple movies he's in that doesn't have a mustache in not his best performances, but, <laughs> with the mustache and. You know, Tombstone is a a favorite of mine. But his covers both lips, and that just, I mean, when you look up the definition of badass in the dictionary, it's a picture of Sam Elliott as... (laughs) As Virgil in uh, Tombstone.
0: If I was Sam Elliott, I'd put that on a quote, put that in my Twitter bio immediately. Uh, I'm not sure if he has Twitter or not. That mustache, they just put a picture of it up where he's holding a revolver in his hat. His top hat game is a little bit better than what you had going on in Winnipeg, but that mustache is a thing of beauty. Upper lip decoration is just a fantastic thing for anybody to rock. I have adolescent pubic, pubic hair on my face, <laughs> much like J.K. Scott, so I can't pull it off. I'm incredibly jealous.
6: I think you got J.K. beat. I, I agree. I, I don't mean, think he's shaving yet. I don't think he's shaving yet.
0: Hey, you said it, not me. Uh, you said it, not me. Did?
6: But he's a dad, so he's got that on you.
0: He procreated. Yep. Hey, good for J.K. Scott. Hey, hey.
6: Hey. Big year for
0: him. Yeah, big year for him. Uh, For you guys, you got a pretty big test coming up this weekend. Uh, The Vikings, if I'm – recalling correctly uh big talk show host did a lot of research there uh they looked good. <laughs> they looked good early vikings obviously in the division big deal um what's the work week look like this week and what what can we plan for this weekend and i know you can't talk about it but i bet on you guys to win the super bowl so uh pretty excited to see that all work out as well
6: oh yeah did you huh? yeah i did i did Us and the 31 other teams <laughs>
0: What you say, I'm sorry, I missed you right there. I was being told we have to go to a commercial break right now. But we're oh, going to push it God. in four minutes. Uh, what you say about that? I'm the-
6: not sure what the question was, but I'll just say that uh, – wait, what was the question?
0: Uh, how are you guys going to do this weekend?
6: Uh, oh, Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, they're a great team. Uh, coach Zimmer, you know, fantastic coach. Yep. Got a lot of great personnel. You know, stud, stud guys up front, Hunter and Griffin, stud guys inside. Two great linebackers in in their nickel package, guys that can cover. On the other side of the ball, obviously they got Kirk, great player. They've Their running back, you know, had a big game to start. He's whenever he's been healthy, he's been really really tough. And then you have two of the top, you know, receivers, one of the top tandems for sure. And uh, our teammate and phenomenal golfer, phenomenal golfer, phenomenal. Adam Thielen,
0: phenomenal.
6: Uh, hey. He hit his three-wood
0: 280 or or 300 yards. I watched it. He carried us to a tie. It was unbelievable.
6: Mm, What a tie. Incredible. How do you but feel uh, about? The, I mean, hey,
0: hey, real quick, while I have you here, and you just did a full breakdown of the Vikings. How do you feel about the tie in the NFL? Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions. Here's my answer. I got to get it in quick. I think it's two point play. Offense. Your offense is on one side. Their offense is on the other side. Competing against the defense. Shootout style. If it's tied after five, have the kickers come out and bang field goals right next to each other, just like a shootout. You like that overtime offer?
8: Yeah.
6: I mean, the college one isn't bad either, though.
0: Yeah, I do kind of like it. It takes out punters completely, but so would the two-point play (laughs) thing, so I guess.
6: (laughs) No, punters, you got to hold, right?
0: You're right. Hey, 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 I didn't even think about it. You're 100% on, right. Bro. Yeah, it means a lot. You're right. Uh, Mr. Rogers, we have to get to a commercial break, I'm being told. I've been yelled at four times during this thing uh, from the Westwood One people. But I want to let you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. You don't do this a lot. You're magical in here. And uh, good luck the rest of the season, not just for my wallet, but uh, also for your success as well.
6: Thank you, Pat. You're a gentleman and a scholar.
0: I dropped out uh, of college, (laughs) but (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you so much, Aaron. We got to get to a couple breaks. That was awesome. Thank you, guys. Awesome. That was awesome. He's
2: the
0: best. I mean, the tech didn't work there early, but we got some good. He's the best. Pure surface area, Pat. That's what he said. Why is your mustache so good? I asked. He said pure surface area. And I'll tell you what. I believe him. Lip coverage. That thing is very strong, very sturdy, and very beautiful. Thank you so much to Aaron Rodgers for stopping by. If you want to send him a tweet thanking him, we'd be grateful. Another man has stopped by that talked about the Aaron Rodgers situation that, by the way, some articles were written about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre's relationship after he came on the show because Aaron doesn't talk much, mm-hmm. and I'm thankful he did. And some articles were written that took some quotes out of context, which is why Aaron Rodgers doesn't talk much, by the exactly. way. Exactly. It's because that happens. So we had to ask another quarterback that played alongside Brett Favre who stepped into the sauna with us just yesterday here at this box truck studio and chatted about it all. Another guy that I'm a big fan of, a man that I was a teammate of uh, with. I showered with this man. I learned a lot from this man. And tomorrow night on ESPN at 6 o'clock, I will be calling the UNC Tar Heels versus Wake Forest Demon Deacons with this man, Mr. Matt the boy Matt, welcome to the truck
9: man Hey wow, this is awesome, <clears throat> it's a little hot in here, huh? Matt, you have no idea you Trying to make weight, you get another like a wrestling tournament or something? Uh, that's oh. funny you
0: say that, <laughs> this is a little bit of a sweatshop operation here we got Matt, the first hour was uh, a little bit of a
9: debacle, but we are on the air, which is all that matters When did you get into town? Just now literally actually flew into raleigh durham kind of a pro tip you're trying to get to winston-salem you have two options fly into greensboro actually three options fly into greensboro yep it's a good option hard to get a direct flight okay or you go to charlotte okay or raleigh and you have an hour and a half drive i opted for the raleigh durham traffic over the charlotte traffic well i think that was a good decision by you, Thank you. what you will learn about winston-salem which we learned
0: not a lot happening, right? Now. <laughs> I mean, we walk to the Not ap- yet. We- Not yet. You're- Not a lot happening yet.
9: Friday night, it's going to be what, as the kids say. Uh, Friday the 13th. Freaky Friday the 13th. There man. you go. Full moon, too, I think. I heard a rumor, Lindsay Lohan might be at the game. Or Jamie Lee Curtis. Isn't that the movie? Now we're playing the game. <laughs> hey,
0: now we're playing the game. We get Lindsay Lohan talking about Thursday Night <laughs> Football on ESPN on Friday. Now we're playing the game. Mr. Hasselbeck. Yes, sir. You played in the NFL for 18
9: years. Correct. You were a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers for a game? No, never for the Green Bay Packers. I was the starting field goal holder for the Green Bay Packers. The starting quarterback was this guy named Brett Favre. 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 That's what it was.
0: Hey, were you and Brett Favre tight, your entire relationship with him there?
9: I think early on, I was like probably just the guy that would go fill up his truck with gas. Yeah. Like first year. Yeah, got to do what you got to do to But make we it. became friendly, yes. Yes. Because Aaron Rodgers was on here the other day. Uh, he yeah. doesn't do a lot of shows. No big deal. Uh,
0: Mr. Rogers, by the way, if you would like us to be your outlet forever for everything, we're completely down with that. Ain't that right? Ty is an owner of the Packers?
1: That is absolutely correct.
0: Ty owns the Packers,
1: by
9: the way. I love it.
0: Uh, um, My former boss. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, Ty, you sent him out of town uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. Kind of a rude thing you and your family did, but you got to do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, he had a lot of success in Seattle. I think we did, you know, did each other a favor. That's what Green
0: Bay people do. They do good things. He's from Iowa. But Aaron talked about how. At the beginning of his relationship with Brett, he was brought in. It was contentious early, right? He was Brett Favre was kind of a an older quarterback trying to hang on, I believe, were his exact words. And then whenever everything went down, it kind of got weird. But now they're good friends again. As Amanda was looking from the outside during that entire situation, as a guy who knew Brett Favre, uh, was that something you would have expected to happen because of how competitive an NFL locker room is? Listen,
9: had? it's competitive, and Brett Favre's competitive. I go back to how Brett Favre became the starting quarterback in Green Bay in the first place. So he gets traded from the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, I forgot that he was on the Falcons. And the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers was the magic man, Don Makowski. He was a really good quarterback. He gets hurt against Cincinnati. Brett Favre comes in, young guy, high pick. I think he was a second-round pick but traded for a first-round pick. And he comes in, throws a touchdown pass, wins the game, and they never look back. And so I think if you look at how Brett Favre got his start in the NFL, he probably was thinking, "Oh no, I'm never coming off this field." I saw the Magic Man, guy who had posters of him all over Green Bay, all over Wisconsin, lose his job to a young guy who came in and took it. You know, it's part of the reason why I think that Brett Favre had that streak. Like, it's part of how he was raised to like oh. never come off the field, but also like, Iron hey, man, man. I'm not coming off this field because you know, there's somebody else to come take that job. And, you know, early in his career, it was guys like Ty Detmer or Mark Brunel, but uh, never really was there a first-round pick, like a guy with the talent of Aaron Rodgers. And so I just think it was like that competitive mindset of Brett Favre. It wasn't personal. just um, He was just a football player and had a one-track mind. And I also think, like, if you're an older quarterback, you're trying to win the Super Bowl, Brett Favre, you're expecting, like, that first-round draft pick to be like a guard you know, mm. or, a, or a corner, a lockdown corner. Help me out. Help me win a Super Bowl. Eli Manning, Daniel Jones right now in New, uh, New York. Right. The difference was, is Brett Favre was probably playing at a really, really high level. Whoa, hey. I'm just saying. It's, you
0: cannot talk bad about the Mannings. I know that from firsthand. You cannot do what you just did right there. I, I'm saying. We'll dump it. We'll dump it. The, the, we'll dump it. the Giants
9: it. aren't necessarily a playoff team Gotcha, Got right you, now, yes. The so. Packers
0: were a hot team. Spend your first-round pick on a kid from Cal as a quarterback. It's, Brett Favre was like, hey, I, think, I thought we could have got better as a team. So there's automatically a little bit of a situation coming in.
9: Yeah, so when I listened to Aaron Rodgers, your interview with Aaron Rodgers, and I heard him explain that. You listened to the show? I did, I did. It was good. Pretty good show. I really tuned in for Aaron Rodgers, but, you know. I don't care. Okay. Hey, <laughs> some people might be tuning in right now for Matt Hasselbeck. But listen, it was, a, it was actually a really good, because I do know both of those guys, and, you know, I like both of them. And there was a time when they didn't necessarily, like, love each other. And it happens. Com- uh, quarterback rooms are very competitive. Well, you guys are treated like, um, you know, like
0: royalty everywhere you've been. Your entire lives, your entire lives. Quarterbacks are treated as royalty. Not you, always. Not yes. Always, not always. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. I. I. Deserve, I think always. I think ever since Little League, if you show the ability to throw a ball well, if you show the ability to be intelligent, everybody knows. Like, hey, th- there's not a lot of people like this. This is a job that can make you hundreds of millions of dollars and be in the most prestigious position in all of professional sports, which is what people say. So your entire life, like Trevor Lawrence, for instance, Trevor Lawrence, and no offense to Trevor Lawrence, I think he's an incredible football player. There's no way he's ever going to be relatable to me. I'm never going to be able to talk That's to Trevor Lawrence.
9: He's a great guy. He's a great guy. You would like You're him. saying
0: that, though, because you were in the same position <laughs> as Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Quarterbacks are treated differently. So whenever you got two of those people that have been treated like that their entire life in the same room, yeah. I, I don't know how it doesn't happen I- more often. Is what I'm saying. I don't know how that type of stuff doesn't,
9: because you got humans in there. Well, you're competing, but, you know, I think, like, Brett Favre, the rookie, would have had a better chance to be in best friends with Aaron Rodgers, the rookie, rather than Brett Favre, the 40-year-old, Makes sense. you know, competing for the same job. I mean, Brett Favre, the rookie, Brett Favre's rookie year, he was playing for the Atlanta Falcons and Jerry Glanville. Brett Favre is not in the team photo. Why not? Cause he was out partying the night before and never made it to practice in time for the team photo. So now the hall of fame, the hall of fame player on that roster isn't in the team photo of that roster. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. It's a real story. (laughs) True story.
0: (laughs) That's like uh, Mr. Ursay, anytime we had a team photo day, they are always like, hey, uh, by the way, I posted a picture this morning of Team Photo Day. Team Photo Day, pretty big day in the NFL. Big I, it, day. I
9: know r- what you're going to say. The, you wait for the owner of the team to show up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
0: so we would have a scheduled team photo. Like They would actually say on the thing, 1030-ish. That's what yeah. they would say. And Listen,
9: I'll, I'll one-up that. When I was playing for the Seattle Seahawks, I was 10 years in Seattle. Paul Allen, the owner of the team, you know. Bought the team more out of civic duty initially. Like, he just loved the city of Seattle, wasn't necessarily like, oh, my dream is to own See it. the guy that owns Starbucks? Uh, no, no, <laughs> that's not the same guy. Paul Allen is the gentleman that started Microsoft with Bill Gates. <laughs> and he, uh, he recently he passed away last year. Very, very sad. But rest in peace. Yes. To Paul but Allen. Paul Allen had a lot going on. You know, he owns the Portland Trailblazers, he owns a lot of things. And so we would get dressed up in game uniform on a Saturday walkthrough before the game for the team photo. We literally would get in the team photo, wait there, wait there, like just seeing if maybe he was going to show up. And, like, you wait for, like, 10, 20 minutes that someone would come out and be like, oh, he's on his ship in the uh, Mediterranean Sea. oh, okay. And we just practice in our uniform. So there were a couple times, a couple years where there's a chance – We might have, like, superimposed him in from, like, a picture. But it was a very big deal when he would show up. It was, like, it was a great thing. So, he, who knows, by the way. From what I've heard, is a
0: night owl. So, he actually goes into the Colts facility, like, all night. Like, he works literally at night. So, whenever they schedule these pictures at 1030, I mean, you're kind of ruining the the owner of the place's kind of operation. But there's no other time to do the photo because you got to travel to a game. So, it's like there's a lot going on. So, every time... It was 1030-ish on the thing. All right, here's what you do. We got this at this. We got this at this. 1030-ish. We have a team photo, and then we'll wait it out. It turned into a whole show. I mean, yeah. it literally turned into a whole yeah. show. I ended up doing an entire stand up set, basically bringing up rookies to sing. And then all of a sudden, Ursay would turn the corner on his golf cart Woo! into the indoor facility, drive that thing literally straight up to where we're sitting, and goes, boys, let's do the photo. And he come walking. It was a legendary. It I actually a-
9: think that's where your stand up bit kind of started. Because For sure. We're sitting there, everyone's like on a bleacher, just waiting there, and it's like awkward silence. And somebody, uh, maybe a coach, or maybe you just did it on your own, I did. they were like, "Uh, Pat, get up and entertain us. That's basically (laughs) what it was. They were like, uh, hey, clown, uh, you know what you're here for. Please go up
0: there and uh, go ahead and talk. And by the way, this was during an era where the potential general manager did not love me. And now I'm just standing up there in front of him. He's in a suit in front of Chuck, who... Chuck has always been a big-time laugher at me, which I appreciate. It makes me feel good. And then you got all of these other people. you got everybody's in that team meeting. That team meeting is, or team photo is a big moment for the team. And, uh, yeah, it turned into You know, a the,
9: the, the team photo, my rookie year, I was actually on the practice squad of the Green Bay Packers. And so there were four quarterbacks in our room. It was Brett Favre, Doug Peterson, Rick Meyer, and then me. And Pretty good little room. It's a good, great room, but there's not a lot for the fourth string quarterback to do at practice. So I was playing scout team tight end, blocking Reggie White every day at practice. But I still would wear a red jersey, uh, like a quarterback jersey. So in Green Bay, the offense wears white, the defense wears green, and the quarterbacks wear red. Well, for Team Picture Day, everyone wears their game uniform. Well, since I was on the practice squad, I didn't have a game uniform. So my rookie year, I am not in the Green Bay Packers team photo either. So that's the draft class of 98. So then in our Super Bowl in 2005, I tell that story. And I was like, yeah, Mike Holmgren back then didn't allow practice squad players to be in the team photo. (laughs) And I just made it up. It was like a little bit of a, like a, you know, it was a scab that I got picked or whatever. Yeah. And Mike Holmgren, this is like right before the Super Bowl. He's like, he's like, someone says, oh, how come you didn't let him be in the, t- you know, the team photo? He's like, oh, he's lying. He, I let him be in the team photo. So they come back to me, like just trying to create Super Bowl week media controversy. They come back to me, and they were like, well, Mike Holmgren said you were in the team photo. And I was like, oh, yeah? Well, the team photo exists. Go, <laughs> Somebody go Google it. Just, just go look. I don't know if Google was a thing back then, but oh. maybe it was. I don't know.
0: 2005, but, it, huh? but anyway,
9: these team photos are kind of a little bit of a tricky yeah. thing. There's like there's some there's a lot and they hang know. on
0: the walls of the every facility forever. Yeah. Those things you get like immortalized in the facility forever.
9: And there's always one guy that ruins the team photo. Like you don't know it, but like there's always one guy that's given like a like a weird emoji face, like trying to screw up the photo. Yeah. Like, Jeff Thomason, people know him as a tight end for the Eagles, but when I played with him with the Green Bay Packers, he would do like a funny face, kind of screw up the team photo. So, how about the Super Bowl that, that's photo? Something to look at. I got a part to be,
0: I got to be a part of one of those. I mean, they do that on like Tuesday, media day, or whatever. I mean, I was with some people that night before that were also in that team photo or in that Super Bowl photo. We might have been running on about an hour and a half sleep. I had no idea what I was walking into. I had these big fake earrings from glares in. You? Oh, it was a rough <laughs> time. I, I, if I, a lot of people for ask me if I have Bowl. any. It, yeah, for the Super Bowl. I'm in a Super That's Bowl photo. Smart. Front, lower, left. I didn't have shoes, so the equipment managers had to give me shoes. You had to wear black shoes. I only had white shoes, so they gave me these size, like 14 shoes. <laughs> I mean, it was. I'll never be there again. Never be there again, and my photo is just a complete joke. Because it is so funny. you got to. The highest level in everything, right? It's the biggest, best athletes, the richest athletes. you got all this stuff going on. you got owners there. you got coaches. And just for a brief moment there, it's just like you're back in high school taking a photo <laughs> and somebody's ruining it. You look terrible. <laughs> Your parents are going to be embarrassed. Don't ruin the family's name. Oh. And there I was right in the middle of it doing it. It was a joke, man. Mm. It was a bad situation. Speaking of bad situations we got to go to a commercial break. Don't know if we'll get to it. Honestly, don't know if we'll get to it. I have no (laughs) idea if we're going to go to it or not. Hasselbeck will join us on the other side, I think.
9: Sure. I could do one more. One more segment. we got Romanowski, 1130. Oh, Bill Romo. You know? Boston College, class of 84. One of the hardest hits I've ever taken in my life was a preseason game, Green Bay Packers at Denver Broncos. He hit me so hard. He hit me so hard. Later in the same game, I got hit by somebody else, 94. And I go, hey, 94, is that as hard as you can hit? Like trying to act tough. And he looked at me, he goes, hey, bro, I'm not the one who hit you. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I lost my helmet, probably lost my head. That was before concussion protocol. That was bad. But he, so, didn't, but he didn't break your eye socket like he did to a teammate years later. Mm, uh, wild scene there, I think. Hey, Bill Roman. I know you got to hit a break, but Bill Romanowski has Nutrition 53, like a supplement company. Good stuff. He was also on other supplements while he played that I'm (laughs) trying to get on.
0: Uh, If you know anybody, let me know. Uh, We're kind of in two different worlds here. Ty is in the middle of a full construction of an operation while we're out here in a hot box. But Matt Hasselbeck (laughs) has joined us. We are in the
9: sauna. We are literally in the sauna. I feel like I'm back in the NFL locker room, right? Yes. Because there's two options, basically. If you want to hang out, you're either in the sauna or you're in the steam room. Or? Or the hot tub or the cold tub. I'm bad at math today. There's a lot of options. (laughs) No, I mean,
0: you just got out of an hour and a half drive.
9: Room, locker room. There's a lot of options.
0: But you know that is something that's interesting. The training room is a place that if your trainers and physical therapists don't have a good personality, can the whole I team can, can I interrupt? be interrupt?
9: They want to be known as athletic trainers, not trainers. ATCs want to be called athletic trainers, not trainers. Listen, my lady was a server, not a waitress. I completely get it. You know, okay? I read PFATS Weekly. Uh, look it up. It's a magazine. Professional football, trainers, something or I can't...
0: Well, you know what? At least I called them trainers. People on the internet call them water boys, and I always get very angry. I'm like, those water boys you're referring to, they work 20 hours a day for about seven months during the season, but if they don't have a good personality... The team can really go into shambles. That's a real thing. A lot of time in the training room, nobody's happy when they go in the training room. By the way, You're not, you're not walking in the training room, you know what, feel good today. Let's take care of everything. Let's just have a good time in well, here.
9: Well, think about it. It's a lot of people coming off of surgery. A lot of people dealing with injuries, painful injuries. It's uh, the opportunity to have kind of like a half-empty versus a half-full, you know, I've feeling when you said, walk in
0: there. They always said... Uh, contagious. If you have a, a glass and it's half-empty, you're a pessimist, and if the glass is... Ha, fool, you're an optimist. I've always said, get a smaller glass and that thing will be filled to the top. Jim Mercy told me that during my retirement conversation with him. I started hmm. dying laughing. He was hitting a vape, which, by the way, shouldn't do. I've been learning should not be doing that. Somebody should tell Jim Mercy to stop vaping immediately. It's not good for you anymore. Yeah. I think I'm the one who sent you that. I sent you that initially. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck's looking out for me. He's become my pseudo-father in this whole thing.
9: Uh, (laughs) Well, I just saw your father over there. He wasn't being very fatherly. I'm like, is it hot in that truck? He's like, yeah, he'll be fine. He could cut a a few pounds.
0: you got to (laughs) remember, my dad built this
9: thing by hand
0: in like a week. So the fact that we're telling him. (laughs) I'm looking out
9: for you. I'm looking out for you. Yeah,
0: but Tim McAfee is not happy with all the the slander being thrown at the air conditioner because putting in the air conditioner. (laughs) You are his
9: athletic training room right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Very pessimistic view of this thing. Uh, glass is half empty. I think <laughs> we've been talking about that. I Other think that. the glass is all the way empty with the temperature. You well, know? <laughs> no, if we make the glass smaller, yeah, it'll be colder listen, in here. People you know? pay a lot of money for a sauna. You got one free. Like this is nice. That's right. And
0: I need to get some stuff out of me, anyways. Thank uh, you you're probably not. You're a much more pure, man. But I, not me. Speaking of getting things out of you. Yes. Have you ever heard of a human past the age of fifteen, maybe sixteen? getting mono? Sam Darnold is out with mono. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell is getting an MRI on his shoulder. Sam Darnold has mono, and they're saying at his age... It is a very dangerous disease to have. I don't even know how you get
9: mono at this. I have no idea. Sam Darnold is not very old, though. He's one of the youngest he's quarterbacks. 22. So 22. Yeah. So when I was, you know, kind of evaluating all those guys coming out in the draft, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, all those guys, Sam Darnold was like 19 or something. So you're comparing him to like a 23-year-old Baker Mayfield, and he's like turning 21 no, I'm not surprised he has mono. Like honestly, that is right. He's a young kid, but they they, s- they call mono the kissing disease. I think right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I had a friend in college.
0: He was a little bit overweight. Uh, retired offensive lineman moved over to long snapper. Was just on a team to party. Uh, very obvious, but he was always battling his weight. And there was a female at West Virginia who got mono. And he was trying to make out with her, like he was like, I get mono, I lose 20 pounds, I'm gonna be right back into thing. I'm like, I don't think that's how mono works. I don't think you just lose weight and it stays off. I so that is the only interaction I've had with mono since high school when kids would just disappear. Kids would go on a six month vacation. I'm like, yo, what happened? Did uh, Ryan move? He's like mono. I'm like, damn. I don't how do know, I get this I don't get know the thing?
9: details on this, but uh, Andrew Luck's freshman year at Stanford, he missed almost all that year, I think, because of mono. It's a big thing. It's a big thing in college. Andrew Luck had mono? Yeah, I think a lot of people have had mono, but you don't hear about people in the NFL. Chicken pox, have a mono. everybody gets chicken
0: pox.
9: <laughs> mono, I'm not sure. I never got the mono. I, I don't even know how you get the mono. Maybe
0: you're the guy giving people the mono. That's... It's an interesting way to look at it. <laughs> it's an interesting way to look at it, Hasselbeck. <laughs> and to the, my friend that was trying to get mono, who's probably listening. I would have made out with you, bub, if you wanted to lose twenty twenty pounds. That's the type of guy I am. Good friend. Um, so that's
9: big news. That's a that's a crushing massive. blow to the Monday night game.
0: It's a real shame. Monday nights got worse. Uh, that's a real shame. I feel very bad for them. Uh, Thursday nights on ESPN are really an electric factory. That Friday this week. Friday this week. Very confusing. Do you want to sit around? Where are you going to go? Honestly, I've been inside that hotel. You can't hear him.
9: Can't hear him. Never mind. I would like to. I, am, I need to actually prep for this Wake Forest-North Carolina game that we're calling tomorrow night at on six, ESPN at 6 o'clock Eastern on a Friday. 2-0 versus 2-0. Sold-out stadium. A blackout. And I got a little news to break here. Good. North Carolina, since Wake Forest is going with the blackout. They got that fresh Jordan deal. They're going white on white on white on white. White Ooh. helmets, white jerseys, white pants, white shoes, white everything. Ooh. It's going to be a great optic, and Pat McAfee will be there calling the game. I can't wait. I'll
0: tell you what. I haven't prepared for it yet. I'll do that at some point. Can't wait for it. Uh, Matt Aspect, you're the absolute best. Whoa. Yo, Matt Hasselbeck, stopping by the sauna, dropping some jewels. Next time he stops by, I would like him to do it in a different language. And there's only one way to learn a different language very quickly, and that's with our friends at Babbel. Babbel, the language learning app that will get you speaking a new language quickly and with confidence. Zito can't speak English or Spanish, but once he started using Babbel, things started to come together. So you can speak a new language of confidence with Babbel because they... Teach it to you in a very simple fashion. Mm-hmm. The biggest dummies on earth can understand it. Yep. You can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, which we might do specifically because we're getting picked up in Germany. We'll talk about that later in the show. Just kind of ruin that announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Babel is designed to quickly get you speaking your new language within weeks. Babel's teaching method, speech recognition technology, has been proven to be effective across multiple studies. Convenient lessons are only 10 to 15 minutes. You can fit those in any time of your day. Learn through interactive dialogue so you can perfect your pronunciation and accent. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Lessons are lovingly created by over 100 language experts. Those are real people, by the way. Not by a translation machine. Don't let a robot teach you. Let humans do it. How about 100 language experts? Let them do it for you. 10 to 15 minute lessons, you'll be speaking a new language in no time with confidence. It's available as an app or online, and your progress will be synced across all your devices. Be bold this summer or this fall and learn a new language.
4: You know what Babel taught me? When Zito speaks, yo tango dolor de cabeza.
0: Headache? I have a headache. Here are the easy steps to speaking a new language with confidence. It's incredible that he can translate stuff but he just can't speak it. But with Babbel, in no time, he'll be speaking Spanish with confidence. He'll beat the hypnotist that made him not be able to speak with our friends at Babbel. see, si. Go to Babbel.com or download the app. Select the language of your choice. Try it for free. That is Babbel. B-A-B-B-E-O.com. com. Babbel. Speak a new language with... Babbel. Confidence. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> It was German. That guy will be calling the game with me tonight at 6 p.m. He was a teammate of mine. Uh, He was one position ahead of me, a quarterback, until he got hurt, and then (laughs) I jumped in. He's a good guy. Hasselbeck's a great guy. Speaking of a great guy, uh, another man who's one of my first ever bosses. Jim Irsay was a boss of mine, and then this guy was a boss of mine.
2: That's it, yeah. Don't forget about Rudy's subs.
0: Mr. S. (laughs) I guess that's true. Dave and Erica, I mean, I guess. That was more of
1: like a mutual partnership.
0: Yeah, because I was like, I was an affiliate of theirs. So I guess they could have fired me if they wanted to. So that does make them the boss. But I feel like we had a great relationship with each other chit-chatting, so.
4: And you had complete creative freedom Yeah, it never you com- wanted to. Yes. It never felt like the boss-employee relationship. Even though I guess you
0: could describe it. So uh, they could be. But this next guy is definitely my boss. Mm-hmm. Still at the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. By the way, happy 11 o'clock hour to those listening on Westwood. It's September 9th, 2019. We've covered a lot of things. And right now, our first notable guest to join us is a man who's one of my bosses actually believe it or not he's a man who is world-renowned i got a chance to walk around madison square garden where monday night raw is tonight with him during a fight for top rank. It was all Ukraine. It was Lomachenko's people. Nice. And this man couldn't walk two steps without everybody wanting a picture with him. He's the founder of NXT, which debuts on USA Network on Wednesday nights. WWE COO, the Cerebral Assassin, Degeneration X. Suck it! Triple H. <laughs>
8: that's a hell of a build up pat
0: uh i feel pretty good about it you deserve it too though man how is life as uh wwe coo founder of nxt and also in-ring competitor triple h right now
8: It's uh it's fairly busy the uh the addition of the uh wednesday's live nxt every single week 52 weeks a year is uh is huge and it's uh you know Obviously very time-consuming, not only from a creative standpoint, but everything else, but awesome opportunity. I can't wait to show the world what NXT does.
0: I think it's such an interesting point. We'll start there. Back in the day, everybody knows... WWF, WWE, everybody was like, oh, that's just the the sideshow wrestling thing that it is that would come on on Monday nights. Some people would watch it, some people wouldn't, right? Now here we are in 2019 and what WWE has become that you've sat through this entire transformation of the company is now a globally stock market traded (laughs) company that makes billions of dollars and produces like 14 live shows a week around the world entertaining people. What has it been like for a company that is still a family business basically to become this massive global thing for you, Vince, Stephanie, and the others in charge to deal
8: with? Well, it's it's been an awesome ride, but I can tell you in, in some ways, I feel like we're just scratching the surface. You know, um, Vince will say all the time that he's been, you know, he's been working on this for a long time, as you can imagine. But uh, he'll say all the time, one of these days we're going to be an overnight sensation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it really comes down to everything that's being done and the build of it, I feel like, is just all steps of something that is supposed to take place. And I feel like even as big as it is now, you know, when you go 20, 30 years down the line, you're really going to start to look at it as... Um, the the way people do with Marvel or the way people do with Disney, where Disney's not about cartoons anymore. It's not just about princess movies. It's so much more than that. Um, You know, Marvel's not just a a paper comic book company anymore. It's so much more than that. And I think that is the key of where WWE really is headed as, as a global brand, it's, it's gonna be, it, it is now, but it'll be so much more than that in the future.
0: That's gonna be wild to see if you guys can grow any even more, you have your hands in everything. Okay. you have movies WWE production company creates bangers by the way we're on marine seven right now I oh. think and every one of them's good <laughs> uh, there's a podcast network that has been announced that's gonna happen you're on Monday nights on um, national TV you're on Friday nights national TV you're on Wednesday nights national TV uh, you're doing business everywhere what is something that you see growing like what is the WWE gonna dive into that you see really taking? Is it going to be more in the production world? Are you guys going to create more shows? What the network, by the way, whenever Vince McMahon started the network, he was an idiot. Everybody thought he was an idiot. Now everybody's doing it. What is next?
8: I I mean, I think those are all things that are based on the core, you know, the core product of what we do. When when most people look at WWE, they just see, you know, the the wrestling product, the sports entertainment product, but it's become a, a global media company and so much bigger. So when when you first talk about the the sports entertainment side i still think that we're just nicking the surface the ott or the wwe network that you said you know vince vince kind of started the closed circuit tv genre all those years ago that then morphed into the pay-per-view model pay-per-view model morphed into um the ott the network that you see now and each step of the way people thought he was crazy for doing it when he when he started the network and tore up the pay-per-view model, everybody said, oh, my God, that's the craziest thing. He's taking his number one line of business and tearing it up and going in a different direction, and now everybody's doing it. Um, he's, he's very rarely seen for being that vision and being in front of it, but that really is where it is. And I think as that continues to grow, our viewership is massive internationally. Um, we're the second biggest sport. Just take it as, as an example, India the second biggest sport in India, and like 70% of the consumption of WWE product happens outside of the US, <coughs> but only only like 30% of the monetization does. So the, the growth opportunity is huge. And one of the things that we're working on now is what I've uh, coined the term of global localization on is going to these different markets. So say, for example, India, where the geography prevents us from getting there on a regular basis but we can go there with a brand and build a brand on the ground in India of much like we've done with NXT here in the US the NXT UK in in uh, in Europe and build their own brand there that plays into the bigger brand and becomes um, the, the, it, that will make the markets much more engaged oh and grow God. the business exponentially think about that
0: See, they're just gonna have like little armies around the world like okay the nxt uk all of a sudden cesaro will show up in an nxt uk who's a big time wwe star superstar and then now they're just bouncing around the country you guys are normally four to five steps ahead of everybody else and that's why it's been so fun to work under the umbrella of the wwe with nxt and kind of see how it operates the schedule is a grueling one i couldn't even fathom what it was like back in the day whenever you were trying to balance your diet your workout, you were a meathead back in the day. I mean, you were a- <laughs>
8: Absolutely. <laughs> still am,
7: really, still am. That doesn't
0: change. <laughs> you were an absolute animal of a man back in the day. When And still are, by the way. 49, you wrestled in uh, like 145 degree weather. Tore your- Big
8: five b- zero now. Yeah, big five zero, And I can see all the white in my beard as I'm talking to you.
0: <laughs> hey, happy birthday. I probably should have known that going into this. Uh, <laughs> That's 100% on
8: me. What was ah, it? You're just getting rolling, you know.
0: <laughs> day one. What was it like back in the day? whenever you guys were trying to find your business? Because now I think the WWE is a much more stated place. Back in the day, WWF and WCW were battling. You guys didn't really know what the road was ahead. You were just trying to put on the best show every night while traveling every night of the year, basically?
8: Yeah, I think, though I think the key to what you just said is just going around and putting on the best show possible um, at the end of the day. And and these are all things that Vince says uh, you know over and over and, and you find yourself quoting him over time but like if you just put yourself in the seat of the fans if you just put yourself there you can never go wrong because if you do what's right for them everybody will follow and mm. um you know back in the day during the the monday night wars for us it was really just survival and us you know kind of going out there and trying to put on the best show every night if if uh, if they were if WCW was in Chicago, we wanted to put on a show after them or prior to them that they couldn't touch, um, and I think that's at the end of the day what helped us win the war. It's just everybody was willing to work harder um, to put on a better product, and um, that's what will always work. If you're willing to work harder and and uh, go further than everybody else, then then you can succeed. So, you know, it's it's really not changed. Now, it just like you said, it's a bit more established. Um, so the how you're working harder has changed. It's not just about going out there and doing the individual individual show every night. It's multiple shows across multiple platforms.
0: Alright, this has, I have to ask this question. Uh, you talked about it, not me. I mean, you brought this up. So if you fire me for this question. I'm talk <laughs> you. Um, coming up on Wednesday nights, I mean, for the first time in a long time, it appears as if there is a potential alternative market for wrestling with a billionaire guy that owns the Jaguars uh, launching AEW and they chose to put their show on the same night that NXT has been on for five years. First show they did. Cody Rhodes, the founder of it, took a sledgehammer and hit a throne that looked awfully similar to a throne that you utilize uh, with a couple pyrotechnic things that go off in the background, poof, poof. It looked pretty interesting. Uh, You seem to be back into a war now with a company called AEW. How does WWE feel about it all?
8: You know, the war thing gets brought up a lot and um, competition is great. So, uh, if they are coming on Wednesday nights and they want to put on the best show they can, great. That's where we are.'ve We've been on Wednesday nights, like you said, for five years. It's been our home. Um, we've been in discussions with uh, various networks about about moving NXT and, and growing it. Um, now's the right time. So if if Wednesdays is the place, People can say war. They can say not war. I don't see it that way as competitive in that nature. I just see it as us putting on the best show possible. I think at the end of the day, the winners are the fans, um, and they'll choose what they want to watch. I, I'm, I'm confident in, uh, in NXT. I'm confident in the talent. There's not one person I would trade anybody for. Um, I can look at that show and say, uh, bring your best. We will, and, uh, and good luck that's awesome
0: that's such a professional and, and
8: just and just like we did back in the day when the nxt talent gets done the their goal will be to put on a show that they can look at the world and say follow that oh i love that
0: <laughs> that's what i did with punning, by the way <laughs> you know what i mean that's what i did when i was kicking a ball i was like all right whoever's yep. the next game follow that <laughs> never in my life but i respect the mindset and i think all elite humans have this mindset where it isn't like we're competing with somebody else. If we are our best us, if I'm my best me, there's no such real thing as competition because everybody can get it. Like there's enough to go around. I'm excited for that mindset. With that being said, NXT takeovers, I didn't really know the brand much before I started working with the brand and boy, something that you built literally from scratch, has become one of the most entertaining live shows in probably live shows. You you got Cirque du Soleil type athletes with an incredible toughness and a storytelling ability, both both dramatic and comedy. NXT has come full circle for you. There's no way this is what you thought was gonna happen whenever you launched this product, was it?
8: You know, when we first started it, it was designed as a feeder, right? And it was designed, the, the, the original idea of it was basically, seeing where wwe was and not seeing where the future would come from who's who is creating talent and where are a talent getting the opportunity to go and learn the right way to do things um and the correct way to do things not just in and out of the ring because that can be taught fairly easily but how to produce television how to how to be a, a, a television star how to be a global star um and so that it was originally created for that. Um, and to do that, you need to have a place for, first you needed a performance center for talent to be uh, brought in and, and the best place in the world to train with the best trainers and the best of everything else. Um, and then you needed a, a brand and a, and a place for them to go work and ply their craft and, and uh, improve. And that became NXT. And as it started, it began to take on this kind of cult following uh, very quickly. And then once we started to roll from there, people started really wanting to get involved in it. and we knew we had something special. Um, then the concept quickly became we had the opportunity to create, a, a if, if you will, a third global brand, which is where really I think we are now. You know, this this USA deal um, puts it at a different platform level um, and the goal will be to create this to make it as big as raw and Smackdown and uh, have a third brand that uh, everybody is uh, open to going to so that talent can, like you said, go from one brand you know to raw to Smackdown to NXT to the UK to wherever we are and then and seamlessly go around so that they can have a very long um, meaningful career but without just being in one place. Jeez.
0: There's a reason the companies were just like billions of
8: dollars.
0: Uh Mr. H, Trips, Paul, Hunter, uh all of these are names that people call you. What is your favorite?
8: Um dad (laughs) (laughs) hey that was such a good good answer answer right there such a good
0: answer how do you balance how do you balance your personal life and work life it's a gruel like i said earlier it's a grueling schedule and you yeah it's an incredible family you have
8: people bring that up a lot like it's one of the things outside of you know industry talk people ask me all the time like hey, how do you do work-life balance and, and you know, tell us about work-life balance. Work-life balance is a load of crap. <laughs> yeah. There is no such thing. When, when you do the best you can, just like every single parent does, just like every single person out there that has to make ends meet and work multiple jobs and be gone, and when you're at work you feel guilty you're not with your kids, when you're with your kids you feel guilty you're not doing something for work, um, you know, the, the biggest thing you try to do, just like everybody else, is make it work. And and I think for me, the biggest reminder is to be present wherever I am. If I'm working, I'm working. If I'm with my kids, I try to turn off everything else and just be with my kids and, and dedicate that time to them. It's not about the amount of time. It's about the quality of time. Um, and so... You know, you do the best you can with it, but it's not, uh, there's no magic uh, formula where you go like, oh, I have perfect work like
0: that. (laughs) Uh, Chuck Pagano used to say, hey, gosh, be where your feet are. And that's such a good quote. It's a real one. Be where your feet are. That's exactly what you just said. It seems like a lot of success. Yeah.
8: Yeah. Although uh, my daughter rides horses, I have to bring her to the horse farm a lot of times and my feet sometimes aren't in good places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ladies Ladies and gentlemen, international businessman, rock star of a human. I can't wait until you're giving TED Talks in like 40 years from now, just talking about the billions and all the success WWE.
8: I don't even know Ted. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> hey, you know like you talked about the genius of wwe here we are we are on the ground floor of greatness of the pat mcafee time man. oh uh,
0: gosh awesome. uh, you were the first person you guys were the first people to put me on your network and i'll okay. never forget that
8: gamblers man we are, we are <laughs>
0: gamblers. uh ladies and gentlemen i'm so thankful for not only you being my boss uh being an incredibly intelligent human and also all the entertainment Uh you brought the world because there wasn't a day i don't think back in the back in the day that went by that we all didn't just say ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to suck it i mean
8: and then and then get thrown out of school
0: yep Yep. yeah i mean there was a couple conversations my parents had to have with Uh, me because of you but other than that i appreciate you so much for everything ladies and gentlemen a stellar father triple h <laughs> thank you man thank you so thank much thank
8: you guys good luck with the show man i'm excited to uh, i'm excited to see this thing grow and become uh, become something massive
0: we're on in italy uh, the pope might be watching anything you'd like to say to him
8: He's probably on the can right now. <laughs> he's watching on his. He's watching on his phone. Uh, uh, In a moment, he's gonna look down and go, "Holy!" <laughs>
0: I get it because it's the Pope. <laughs> 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 I get it. I get it. <laughs> That's a
8: dad joke for you. you can take that with you.
0: Uh, boss man, thank you so much. Cheers.
8: Thank um, you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, what a guy, man.
0: Hey, when I when I say this, I mean this it's the first Monday after NFL Sunday
5: mm-hmm.
0: and it's the first show. And I was talking with the WWE people and talking with everybody. They're Like you should have Triple H on the first show. I was like, would Triple H want to come on my show? They're like, you should go ask him yourself. I'm like, I'm not walking up to that man. <laughs> and I literally did At The last one I walked up to him. I was like, Hey man, I think I'm about to have a show, a live show a daily one. Will you be on the first episode? He's like, yeah, but why are you even asking? I'm like, Well, to be honest, I feel like that's how you get on your schedule. (laughs) He's the man. Absolute man. Let's get ready to suck it. (laughs) They've gone to a PG product, so anytime I bring that up, I bet you he hated it. But Mr. H, Paul, Hunter, Terror Rising. All these names. Dad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Husband. Son-in-law. Boss. Whatever you want to call him. Paul. He's a good guy. The game. C-bre- Cerebral assassin. The champ. Is here. He's, he's a guy. I told him this in a text message when he said, how was it? He asked me that afterwards. He was like, how was it? Was that good? And I was like, yep. uh, yeah, dude. Incredible. And I, then I told him, I have no idea how you remain relatable mm-hmm. with the schedule you have, the power you have, the cash you have, the connections you have, and the experiences you have. I have no idea how you remain to do it, but that's why you're an incredible executive, and that's why he'll be talking to that fucking Ted guy, no problem, no <laughs> time. The old Ted. I don't know Ted, but that was a great line. <laughs> it was. Uh, I think everybody that stopped by this week. I thank the people that called in. Yeah. Mr. Never Earned a Penny called in. We had a chance to chat with him. I mean, honestly, our live show every single day is a good time. These podcasts will remain to keep pumping out. We weren't able to put out any words on the show yesterday to give away the Cadillac Escalade, which is still happening during the live shows. So I think we're going to have to push it for another week because literally technology stopped us from being able to give away an Escalade. Absolutely correct. So the Cadillac Escalade will be extended one week. The Cadillac Escalade giveaway will be extended one week. One week. One week to win a Cadillac Escalade that does work. A lot of bells and whistles. Too many buttons for me, but it'll be perfect for you. All you have to do is watch back the live shows that are on my Twitter. They are on our YouTube They're on the DAZN app. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and get the code words. Even watch it at like four or five times speed. Just fast forward to it. I'm sure Zito, if you really... I mean, Zito looks like a guy who's really disciplined, but if you were to just, you know, try to tempt him a little bit, I'm sure he'll tell you exactly when those code words have gone out the first couple days. (laughs) The code words, if you put them together by next Friday, will make an entire paragraph. you first person to put the paragraph into a tweet with the hashtag wins the Escalade next Friday at about 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Is that right, Zito?
3: That is very right. Uh, I've been putting the top right screen if they haven't seen it yet.
0: A lot of words. Top right corner. Yes. Of the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I mean, it is insanity that we're just giving away an Escalade. Yes. I don't think it's getting talked about much. I mean, you know it... why? Because I don't think we really explained how we were doing <laughs> it. It kind of came to be pretty quickly. People there. Were.
1: It was... I was just because people have been asking me like the rules and like if they can guess early. I was like, to be honest, I, I don't know what the code phrase is. I don't know how you're <laughs> it getting it. So I, have n- I have no idea what's going on. I think me and are
0: the only people that really know, which, by the way, is quite a tag team of anonymity for
6: <laughs> to really <laughs> all, know. So literally,
3: all it is is my computer. I bold the letters of the words I've already used. So, like, that's the only thing. If my computer dies, we don't know. Uh, it's in there? my it's in
0: my notes. I have the original copy. It's like the Declaration of Independence and National Treasure. <laughs> I have the, them. I have the original copy. Yeah, we're <laughs> in a good spot. But yes, you can win a fucking Cadillac Escalade if you just watch our live shows on DZone, my Twitter, and YouTube. We're gonna have to pull those down at some time, at some point. Yep. A lot of people are asking: Are the podcasts not on YouTube anymore? I believe parts of them will be pulled and put on YouTube. Because we're very thankful for our YouTube community. Uh, but DAZN paid a lot of money to have the exactly. videos uh, of our podcast. And as a small business owner, sometimes you have to make decisions like that. Especially whenever they just dump a pile of money in front of you. <laughs> but, and there's still a free option. I yes. mean, there's still a free option, which is good.
2: By the way, all the rave has been, uh, if you do sign up for DAZN, you get to watch us in between breaks on the DAZN app yeah. and see what ha- the. What goes on during the breaks, which, from the Twitter reaction, has been the best part of getting the zone app.
0: By the way, we can't turn off the microphones yeah. during the breaks. Hot
2: mics at all times.
0: At all times. So for two hours straight on the DZone app, we are live. Whether we like it or not, <laughs> Bill Romanowski called in yesterday, had no idea he was live yet. He, who knows what was coming out? Exactly. By the way, much, much more buttoned up than I, I thought.
1: I think so, too. But I think he, was, he, he knew he was going into a radio interview. Yes. I think he's Clinton kind of Portis had no clue. N- none whatsoever.
0: Clinton Portis calls in, and we didn't have the ability to put him on mute. So Clinton Portis comes in and goes, oh, yeah, that shit, you know? And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Will Lutz. Same oh, by the thing. way, incredible line by Will Lutz. Let's play that right now. Well, will I? Pre- is your full name Will with one L?
4: No, it's William with two. I don't. I don't know what the hell my dad was thinking. <laughs>
0: is your nickname Will with one L? That is how it's just Will with one L.
6: Yeah, just one L. We we dropped, We gave an L to Houston.
0: <laughs> After hitting a fifty-eight-yard game winner on Monday Night Football, go ahead and put your balls on the table, Will. Let's, i do the same thing. Balls with two Ls. Will with one. We all know where the other one went. Respect. I like Will Lutz a lot all of a sudden. Yeah. Adam Vinatieri is still my favorite kicker of all time. Honestly. He's about to have a bounce-back game of all bounce-back games. Cleveland Browns about to stomp the New New York Jets. Has anybody said, did Demarius Thomas have mono? Did Bill Belichick send mono to the <laughs> New York did. Jets?
2: Probably did. That's the most Bill Belichick thing of all time. What's up,
0: Demarius? You want Super Boring?
2: Yeah. Honestly...
0: All right, that's what you need to do. We're going to give you a shot here. It's mono. It's going to be a rough six weeks for you. We're going to send you down to the Jets. Just need you to spit in Sam (laughs) Darnold's
1: Gatorade. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Send a text back to the evil empire. He's hot. Month and a half, just like kids did back in the day in grade school. Get Mono. Don't see him till the next semester. It's just the way it goes. He's going to come back 120 pounds. That's what Mono does. Mm-hmm. It just shapes you up very quickly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt whatever we are potentially talking about at this moment. For a reading by Zito. Thank you, Pat. A lot of words on this one, Zito. Oh, Let's make sure you're... You're not supposed to read them all, probably. I assume you're supposed to pick a couple. Okay. Something to think about.
3: I'm going to talk about Legacy Box today. (laughs) We're excited. Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Legacy Box helped me (laughs) make my home movies and photos digitized.
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they did.
3: Was it you? No, it was them. Oh.
0: Mm. That's a big question that we were asking.
3: Yep. Yeah. Um... I'm gonna tell you right now. I grabbed some videos from the closet, my parents' house, the attic. It was all kinds of types of media. <laughs> Film reels from 1971. <laughs> VHS tapes from my childhood. I sent them all in. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now.
0: <laughs> no, what-
3: I'm ad-libbing all this. No. <laughs> it tells me to incorporate my personal anecdotes here. You don't know what an anecdote is. No, I don't know. That's <laughs> why I'm doing this. <laughs>
0: Please, just—I'm sure it's going great. I'm yeah. sure Legacy Box is very excited about how this is going. Yeah,
3: I'm going to motivate my audience or your audience right now.
0: <laughs> no, this—by the way, at no, this particular at segment, this is 100% your audience for sure. This is your show, bub. No, no, no. Yeah.
3: Save your family film and photos from degrading or being lost forever. Yeah, okay. Unable to play the recordings because they don't have a VCR anymore or their camcorder is broken. You're I think be- you missed a sentence there.
0: I feel like there was a sentence there that was potentially missing, but you're really hitting your stride. I'm, I'm reading bullet
3: points right now. Um, become the family hero. Bring back lost memories to watch and see again. Experience a joy and nostalgia of reliving the glory days. Give your peace of mind and a great scent of accomplishments. Ensure your family history is preserved forever. Gather the family and beca- begin the trip down memory lane. <laughs> what do you mean? Get organized, clean out your closet, Full of old camcord tapes and aging film reels. Send your legacy box
0: filled it's just with the time, It's just when you decide to take a break. It's, 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 your decisions on what to put emphases on and when to stop and pause, it's just... It really is a work of art. You're like Bob Ross with the reading. You know what I mean? It's like paint. that's a
3: compliment, Pat. Thank you. Yeah, there's no,
0: there's no mistakes. They're just happy little accidents happening every other word.
4: Just because somebody's been reading one way since the beginning of time, don't restrain Zito to that way of
0: reading. Exactly. He's, he's got a new way. Exactly. And it's probably. It. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised Babel hasn't asked you to teach your fucking language yet on there. You know what I mean? Well, that'd be cool. It would be. You know what else would be cool? Saving all our home videos from back in the day, in mm-hmm. our Polaroids, in our photos from back in the day that are just in boxes and kind of disappeared. Is that right? Very true. Legacy
3: Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Mm-hmm. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. Over a decade of experience. <laughs> All the work is done by hand, right here in the USA. I'm gonna call some action right now. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they are offering your listeners an exclusive <laughs> discount. God.
0: You sound like Mark <laughs> Madden?
3: Go to Stooge. <laughs> Zito's a stooge and a sellout. Go to Legacy.com slash America to get 40% off your first order. Go to LegacyBox.com slash America and save 40% today. Get started preserving this your shows, past.
0: This show. Let's get back to it. Jeez Louise. LegacyBox.com slash America to save 40% off your Purchase of memories that is digitized all by Legacy Box. Amen. .com forward slash America. Hey, Z. We did it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Listeners of your show, give 40%. <laughs> Let's get back to it. All right, I've been up for like 14, 15 hours straight. Just working and talking, sweating down here in thick Winston-Salem, North Carolina. There's only one thing I really want in my life right now: it's a couple gambling locks from Diggs. Browns at the Jets, there's a lock.
2: I have the Colts plus three at the Titans. Love that as a lock. I mean, they couldn't beat. Le- I just
0: don't know with the Titans team, man. <laughs> I just don't know, but I'm all about that. If the Colts are getting points. I'll ride with it, too. I literally wasn't going to gamble last week because the first six weeks of the NFL season are such a roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's a lock is Andy Reid's season's in full-fledged right now. The Chiefs are the only lock, really. Mm -hmm. But I am going to bet on the the Colts every single week because I believe in Jacoby Brissett. I also also believe in Adam Vinatieri. Mm -hmm. A lot of people hopping off the goat's balls all of a sudden. Let's go ahead and hop right back on that goddamn stock barn
2: animal. I like New Orleans plus three at the Rams. All right. Okay. And then I like uh, Minnesota plus three at Green Bay.
0: There you have it. Your degenerate <laughs> friend digs with some locks. I uh, don't like that he bet against our friend there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a one-and-two slate right there, so take that with a grain of salt, you know. I mean, it's, Says Todd. <laughs> it's a, it's I about mean, we, as simple as that.
0: We had
2: on a Minnesota Viking. So.
0: Oh, yeah, Harrison Smith was on the show. It has been nice to have a full-time booker.
2: Yeah, it is nice. It's been, a, it's been a hot week for guests. I'll
0: tell you what, it puts us up at the level where everybody else is that has a, a booker. Well,
1: I can, I can tell you right now, not very many radio shows are getting Aaron Rodgers calling in on Tuesday.
0: I wonder if Damon Amendola
4: gets this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've actually had to turn down some guests. The requests have been so hot.
0: Todd McComas sent me a text the other day. That said, how does it feel to just say no to some fucking people now? Because back in the day, just what, a couple of weeks ago, anybody that wanted to come on the show could get it. Anybody that wanted to come on the show say like, yeah, fuck it, I'll talk to them. What? Who is it? They did what? Yeah, I'll fucking talk to them. I don't care. Now it's like, I could say no. They're like, you could definitely say no. I'm like, I feel like a bit of an asshole if I say no. They're like, well, hey, our job is to make sure there's enough people for you to say no. I was like, well, I'm going to have Foxy say no for me so it's not really in writing of me turning down the people. Let Foxy be the bad guy. But then those text messages started flowing, and I was like, I don't want to talk to that person. If that person's available, they're like, oh, that person's available. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, yeah, they'll be on uh, on Tuesday. I'm like, huh? All right, well, no to that motherfucker then if that person's <laughs> coming on. That's what it is. It's pretty cool. It's been a fun little ride here. Uh, thanks to the guests that joined us earlier this week. Thanks to you all for listening We're around the world. We're getting picked up in Germany on Tuesday. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Nein. Ein grosses Bier bitte, though. huh? That's one big beer, please. (laughs) Down for your boy. Give me a little uh, beer stein. Let's have a good time. Uh, So thankful for everybody that listens. To send you into an incredible weekend, which I know you're going to have. Remember, pregame with us tonight at 6 o'clock on ESPN. UNC travels to Winston-Salem to take on Wake Forest. A rivalry renewed after a little hiatus after they played for 85 years straight. Ladies and gentlemen... DJ Frankie Maraldo on the ones and twos, it is time for, oh, you already know what that means, <laughs> Friday Bangers.
4: All right, we're going to start it off with uh, the big boss, Rick Ross and Jeezy from Port of Miami, too. This one's called Born to Kill.
7: I a question. You afraid of death? Is yeah. The question I got for you? I am. Huh, huh, huh. Flowers on my grave, doves in the sky. Huh. Rest in the sewer, dance when I die. Huh. Champagne in the shower, toast when I cry. I was born to kill, living is a crime. Nike's in the box until the money fill it. Huh. Ski mess in my pockets, out so on maybe pill. Huh. Yeah, yeah I owe my blood, it's like I need a rush. Head all in your system, pussy's nice. Right
0: top of Rick Ross. Choppers
7: on the seat as a listen to me. Speaking less than niggas his body's increased. see me on your he just into a microphone. unbelievable was forced to kill cuz i want to live and if you want to buy that you 30 years against the world, to leave clutch we can't even turn off microphones during a commercial break you telling me right now you are talking <laughs> to me but you're muted? Blunts, you, team, you you're died, muted you are currently the right you
0: so this essentially sounds like a one-way conversation to everybody listening? <laughs>
1: hey,
7: look at our jacket.
1: Me and Ty just had a full conversation over Rick Ross. You guys couldn't
0: hear it. That's
7: awesome.
0: Huh. I think there's a couple other songs in this album that are a little bit better than this one.
4: Maybe so, but this is the one I liked.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean, it's Ross and Cheesy. Come on. I know, that's why. Those are your guys. You guys go way back. They are
0: my guys. Me, Jeezy, and Ross have been through plenty of workouts together. That's why I think when I heard this song, I was so disappointed. (laughs) Come on, boys. They had a beef back in the day, big time. You don't say. They had a big time beef back in the day. Big, big time beef. I'm happy to hear that they settled it.
4: All right, well, maybe you'll like this one a little bit better. This was actually sent in by a listener, and I really enjoyed it, so I'm hoping you do too. This is sent in by Justin Whitley, and it's called I Hope I'm Stoned When Jesus Takes Me. Amen. And this is by Charlie Warsham and the Old Crow Medicine Show.
7: To ever come down, I'm rolling up the jay just in case today's the day. I hope I'm strong when Jesus takes me oh.
5: home.
0: <laughs> it does sound like it does sound like that, doesn't it? What's that movie called?
4: Oh, no brother, where art thou? Great.
0: This sounds like George Clooney singing little piece in this place yeah. i think i'm just sweating all day that i, I just i might be out of sweat and i'll call this just done but i feel closer to the boy foxy rolling the hope i'm when jesus takes me oh that's a good camera there through them clouds No one don't have to
7: ever come down
4: And to close it out this week, we're going to go with your selection of Alice Merton and No Roots.
0: You know what this lady likes? You're about to learn.
1: I like digging holes and hiding things inside them. When I grow old, I hope I won't forget to find them. Because I've got memories and
0: travel like gypsies in the night. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Sam, introduced me to the
1: I've Got no roots, for my home was never on the ground. I got no roots, but my home was never on the ground. I got no roots. I've got
0: no
4: roots. Funky as all hell. Forget it. On the ground,
0: I've got
4: no songs. That's a toe tapper for sure.
0: Yeah. It's no a good weekend song.
2: good song for like a movie or a tv show when they're in like a little music club like a little
0: like 12-seater she's on stage just jamming this I never. she hasn't made it yet yeah it's like she's lady gaga it reminds me of a star is, is gonna be born by the yes. way the guy who drives her box truck has bradley cooper's uh hat from the star Great.
1: All right.
5: I, I got go bed.
0: Um. Hey, have an incredible weekend. Six o'clock tonight. ESPN, if you want. I've done a lot of research. Talked to the coaches for about seven hours today.
9: <laughs> Let's go ahead and have a good
0: time. You're the absolute greatest humans on Earth. You don't have to listen, but you choose to. For myself, Todd, Gumpy, Frank, Diggs, Zito, Foxy, Ty. Billy, Jason, Tim McAfee, all of the zone, all of us would one, ESPN, WWE. (laughs) 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 Oh, Phil. And CFO Phil. (laughs) mm, mm, mm. We thank you so much for listening. Have an incredible weekend. Cheers.